step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this ninth day of July, 2016. My lands are years half over, I think. I can't believe it. And it's hot outside. It's hot here in Missouri. I guess it's hot everywhere. Uh, we're here today with our co-host, Jay Basser. And uh, we have James... Crips and uh, Ray Cobbs uh, with us, and we're going to finish up. We done a show a uh, uh, couple weeks ago with them, and uh, we didn't get quite finished. And we've even had some some new developments. I believe Ray was uh, mentioning. He wants to bring us up to date on that. So. Uh, uh, Let's not waste any more time and uh, get your pencils and papers out so you can take notes. Oh, and don't forget now, uh, uh, these shows are in the archives. So if you miss something, uh, don't worry about it. You can go back to the archives and get them. And uh, uh, so hang in there. We'll all be okay here. Uh, how you doing, James? I'm doing real good. Uh, like what? I say, it's kind of hot down here, and I've been keeping myself inside. Uh, I did get a, a call yesterday. They scheduled me for a sleep study. I've been two years trying to get that sleep study. The first one they scheduled me for, they scheduled it on a Wednesday morning uh, out of state. Uh, oh, my. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it was in Missouri. What? And uh, I got a, it said, bring all your paperwork with you, bring your medications with you, uh, be here uh, 30 minutes early, and it's supposed to start at 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, I got up that Wednesday morning and nothing happened, so I went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but the, then, about about a year later, under the that was under the choice program, by the way. About a year later, they gave me another one, um, got me a local appointment under the choice program, um, and I reported for it. Uh, had a preliminary. Uh, talk with the doctor, and then I had to go do the sleep study in a uh, hotel room. Uh, and they woke me up the next morning, and, and the doctor called me after I got home and said that sleep study wasn't no good. 
you slept on your side all night. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't you come in and wake me up and tell me to turn over on my back for what you wanted? <laughs> so now i got to go for another one. Uh, like I say, it's been a two-year venture trying to get this sleep study under the CHOICE program. Uh, but I'm, I'm doing good, Daryl. hope everybody else is, too. Well, good so luck. tell me, Nashville, don't have a, Nashville doesn't have a facility to sleep study? Well, their excuse was Nashville doesn't have anybody that participates in the choice program. Huh. You know, you, would you would you be willing to come to election and get it done? Well, they do it. Like I said, I finally got one through Vanderbilt, and they don't do them in the hospital. They they rent a floor of a, of a Marriott hotel and do them. They, they've got that entire entire wing on the on the sixth floor, uh, but we'll we'll see what happens this time. Okay. Hey, James. Uh, I had my sleep study done. I guess it's been four years ago now, and I go in next month to actually get an annual review. Um. I had it in Murfreesboro. The second floor on Murfreesboro has three beds, and they really have a pretty nice setup there. But my understanding that it, it's so crowded now that it takes you nine months to a year to get in, even if you live, you know, right in the Murfreesboro area. So um, that, you know, that that's where I had mine done, and. Uh, they came in and woke me up after about 45, 50 minutes. He said, your heart stopped 13 times. we got to put this mask on you. <laughs> and oh, I put that man. on, and I slept till 7 o'clock the next morning, and I felt better than I'd had in months. So I went yep. home with a, with a machine that, that day, that morning. Yep. And, uh, I've used it every night since, and I won't go on vacation or anywhere without it. Well, my doctor two years ago convinced me to go get the study. Uh, I had told him for years that there was no use because I wouldn't wear the mask. And he said, it's life-threatening, Mr. Cripps. Do you you understand that? I said, no, I didn't understand it. I didn't know you could use a little sleep and it would lose a little sleep and it would be life-threatening. But even with it being (laughs) life-threatening... taken two years uh i don't want to i wouldn't file on it if if i did wear a cpap uh i don't need the disability uh it wouldn't increase in any way my disability i just want to know if that's what's causing me to be tired all the time and i don't want to put up with this life-threatening thing uh well if you got sleep get you your heart stops but you can die yeah oh yeah i understand that but now they did guess, mine, and uh, uh, the VA contacted the local hospital here in town, and I went over here, which is about two blocks from the house, and I did mine there. And of course, they put me on a CPAP. But then my doctor, my regular doctor here in town. Uh, he put me on a ventilator at night, which is so much, so much.
so far over a CPAP, there's no comparison. If they're set right, I mean, you sleep like a baby, and and uh, uh, it's quiet. Them CPAPs, the ones uh, I got from the VA, they sound like a thrashing machine all night long, and I just hated that. Uh, but the doctor, he, this ventilator he put me on is totally silent, and and uh, uh, your own body regulates the breath. Of course, if you don't take a breath when you're supposed to, it's got a setting in there that kicks in and pumps you, you know, where you uh, make that breath-taking movement. And uh, it nudges you, I guess. But it. Did you all know the? Uh, it's wonderful. Did you know that the? Did you know the VA has done some uh, work on the reg regulations for sleep apnea? Did you see what they done to them? Well, yeah, they, they made it more it. difficult. <laughs> well, now they've. Uh, the the minimum is no longer. Yeah, but they've intertwined them now with uh, all your lung diseases. So if you've got asthma or stress neck or COPD or structural lung disease, restrictive lung disease, then they, they they intertwine it with that, and they go with the highest rating. So now they're telling people that they have sleep apnea and they're service-connected for uh, for your lung disease. They're saying it's pyramiding. And they did that just to cut people out of getting sleep. Yeah, it's what they did. It's this whole sneaky trick they did here. Just the, just this happened probably within the last year. And they old, when they changed the federal register and done, you know, they do all the sneaky stuff in the back door. And uh, that's what they did. And I've had several veterans really upset. They've had claims in for years, you know. And uh, I had one veteran win one on a Q claim because this Q claim had been going for like nine years. And it had to be uh, as the regulations were back then. They had to rate it back then. So he got lucky. But uh, most people today they're getting they're get, they're getting pooch punched by the old VA right in the gut on sleep apnea claims. I think the minimum percentage is no longer fifty percent for CPAP. Is it? Didn't they lower that? It's still fifty. It's still fifty it? right now. But that's going to change. Okay, and they're probably going to try to get it down to 10 with a CPAP, and with no CPAP, they're going to zero it. So uh, they're, they're trying anything they can do to cut. And, yeah, uh, I guess we better get back on our on our original topic. We were talking about uh, loss of use and vehicle grants. Yeah. The main thing you got to remember on this loss of use is the loss of use has got to be service-connected. Uh, mine is loss of use of one of right foot and right hand, and both of those are secondary to diabetic neuropathy. Now, I think Ray's uh, is connected to his neuropathy, isn't it, Ray? Yeah, that, that's correct. As a matter of fact, when I went since our last uh, show since we last talked about this, I've had my C&P exam, and I actually got what I considered a, a real good C&P exam, probably the best I've ever had. But I did something that i, I got to give James credit for. He, ha- he actually gave me a little heads up. And uh, I walked into the doctor um, 
maybe I need to back up a little bit. I had also gone outside of the VA and uh, paid for a couple of doctor visits out of my pocket to, and I carried my VA report from my uh, podiatrist that said I had drop foot, but that's all he said. He has drop foot. He didn't expand on it or whatever. So uh, I chose to go and get a couple of other reports, and sure enough, the doctors went into a whole lot more detail telling what was wrong, that the the nerves were damaged and, and they were damaged, and they went far enough to say that they were damaged by, by the uh, neuropathy. And uh, one of them happened to be a, uh, a surgeon, and then the other was just a general practitioner doctor. But both of those uh, mentioned exactly what needed to be said about the loss of use of, of the foot uh, and that it was total, uh, which helped a lot. But my, when I went in for my C&P exam, the VA claims department had not at that time scanned in those two letters from the doctor. So James told me I may have to want to take those with me and just have them in my hip pocket. And I walked in and I said, uh, I just told her, I said, someone I, that I know that's real close with the VA told me that um, a lot of times the all the evidence and other letters from outside of the VA are not present by the time you have your C&P and actually aren't scanned into your system until after the CP, and I have these two letters from outside doctors. Would you be interested in seeing? And she said, well, yes, of course. So I handed them to her, and she took the time and read them, and she said, uh, wow, these are interesting. They both kind of go right along and agree with what the VA doctor said. Yes, ma'am, I know that. I mean, (laughs) that's why I gave them to you. If they contradicted, I wasn't going to give them to you. But, you know, anyway, she read them. She said, this one doctor really gets into detail about how the nerve is damaged. And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I don't know a lot about it, but my understanding, there's four ways that you can have loss of use of foot because of drop foot. One is such as an automobile accident or a motorcycle accident, and you received injury to the lower part of the leg, which damages the nerve, peripheral nerve. That's one. The other two are pretty much similar, and that is a heart attack or a stroke, which causes lack of oxygen to get the peripheral nerve, causing the peripheral nerve to die and lose strength. And the third is neuropathy. Now, in the the doctor's report, the the, CAP exam, she went far enough to say, that other two doctors, she agreed with the other two doctors that my drop foot and loss of use of my peripheral nerve is caused from diabetes and, uh, and from neuropathy, and my neuropathy is caused from the diabetes, which is military connected. And I think that kind of locked everything in for me. Uh, matter of fact, uh, three days ago, uh, I received a scooter for the drop foot to help me get around. And James and I are going to have a drag race. He's got one, so now i got one. We're going to have a drag race. Yeah, and, I got new uh, shoes yesterday. I'll beat you on foot. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. 
But but it's really important, and James has helped me tremendous. I know it took him four years or more to get his, but but sometimes it, it really helps to talk to other veterans and to get information that helps expedite. Right now I've been just a little over a year from when the doctor first told me that he thought I might have dropped foot. Six months later, he definitely said I had dropped foot, and then right about nine, uh, three months after that, he actually put me into the brace. And uh, when he put me into the brace is when I actually filed for loss of use of foot. Uh, and I, I did it in that order so that one group could not contradict the other group. And that, and that's, that was how James has kind of led me through this. And uh, I talked with a lady in the VA yesterday, and she told me I should be receiving my uh, claim for the drop foot uh, from what she could see, and I should have it by next Thursday. So... Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that because that will open the door for me to get an automobile grant. Uh. Well, it sounds to me like you had her put together just like it should be. That opens the door for more than an automobile grant. I think I might have, yeah. You talk you know, housing grant and everything. Also, 9-11, you can, you can uh, have loss of use of one limb and get a specially adaptive housing grant, but that's only for post-9-11. You've got to have loss of use of two limbs to get the specially adaptive housing grant if you're pre-9-11. That seems a bit unfair to me. It it is. It, it drives a wedge between errors of veterans. Uh, That's what it does, you know. exactly. I know when they started talking about that pre-post-9-11 and, and post-9-11, uh, you know, all that just is, is nothing but a bunch of gobbledygook. Uh, an injury is an injury. I don't care whether it's pre or post. My leg was worth just as much to me as uh, somebody post nine eleven. I guess it was a little well, older, but it was it was underused. Well, it should be worth a little more. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It was an antique. <laughs> should have an antique value. Well, hell yeah, I'd ought to have something. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the automobile when when you have loss of use. That's going to give you a rating of 50 to 60 percent, uh, and I think you can go all the way up to 80, can't you, John, on a, on a, on a rating for loss of use? You can. Well, you can get go you to 100, certainly. Okay, it'll get you 50, and if you got a loss of use of two limbs, that's that's 50 plus 50. They combine them and give you 100. Uh, well, max rating on a limb is 60, so you might get, you know... Yeah, that's your amputation rate at 60. Yeah, uh, if it's loss of use, that's the same thing. But you could, you could be, should be the same. You can you can get a 60% rating and them still not give you loss of use. Yeah. Uh, I've got one that may call in here shortly, and they gave him a loss of use, 
but they denied his vehicle grab. <laughs> Had to go back about three times and just flat tell them, you're wrong. Uh, I don't understand why they did that, but anyway, he just ordered a new vehicle. You know, what's the max now, 20,000? Twenty thousand one hundred and seventy-five, I believe. Okay, so what's the difference nowadays? It was twenty thousand one hundred and seventeen, or something like fourteen. When I when I got my paperwork signed, but by the time I got the vehicle, the increase went into effect, so I got the twenty thousand one seventy-five. They sent me a. Now, they pay that directly to the dealer, don't they? They pay that. You, they'll only pay it to a seller. You can't get that. Now, the adaptive equipment, if, should you get the adaptive equipment grant, that's uh, you can get anybody to do that and send them the bill. Oh, okay. They'll, they'll, they'll reimburse you. And adaptive equipment you can get twice every four years. So I bought my vehicle, and I didn't need anything done to be able to drive that vehicle. problem with my other vehicle, uh, the gas pedal and the brake pedal were the same height, and I couldn't tell which one I was on, and sometimes I got on both. Um, And I thought I might need on a new one the brake pedals being sawed off and moved to the left or raised or some way where I could distinguish and not get on both of them. But I bought a new Explorer, and there's a difference in the height, and they're spread further apart, so I have no trouble. And everything else is voice command, so I don't have any trouble there. I just tell it, turn the wipers on, turn the wipers off, turn the radio up, turn the fan on. Uh, It's amazing how they're just now. Yeah, and I love arguing with them. Yeah, I love are you talking about the brake pedals? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know that works for shoulder and arm. Oh, uh, you talking about four shoulder and arm? Yes, to drive. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you you would have to have the shifter put on the other side, or uh, I don't know mm-hmm. exactly what modifications that they would make. But the point I'm getting at is when you buy the vehicle, you've got up to $3,000 that you can get back a rebate from VA that that covers power seats, power windows, air conditioning, automatic transmission, uh, and they go down a list, everything that your car has on it. They figure the difference between what a standard and an automatic would cost, and they give you the difference how much leather seats and, and, and the difference between cloth seats would be, and and that's up to $3,000. So I was returned 2400 and some, almost 2500 after all was said and done after the vehicle grant. Hmm. That paid for some insurance and stuff, then. It's good. Well, you can actually get, well, the vehicle is once in a lifetime. But the adaptive equipment is twice every four years. So I got to thinking about that. My my wife was driving a 
2004 model. Um, air conditioner was making some noise. I can't work on them anymore. So I called the, the PA agent, and I said, adaptive equipment twice every four years. I said, can I buy another vehicle? I was on the way to buy it then. But I said, can I buy another vehicle? He said, yeah, you get one vehicle in a lifetime, but you get adaptive equipment twice every four years. So I went up and, and traded hers in and got her a new one, and they returned everything for the power seats, power, uh, the automatic transmission and windows and uh, everything on hers, just like they did mine. Yeah. But the catch is, if you use your adaptive equipment twice, like I did, back-to-back, then you're not eligible again until the the first one you bought is four years old. Yeah. So I'll be able to use it again. I'll just have to wait four years. But between yep. the two vehicles, we got $5,000 back. Yep. But the vehicle has to be in your name, don't it? It has to be in your name. Uh, That's right. You have to be able to drive that vehicle to get adaptive equipment. A blind person can get the vehicle, but not the adaptive equipment. Because the blind person is not going to be driving that vehicle. He'll have to have a driver. Therefore, no adaptive equipment. That's true, because you won't be sitting in the driver's seat. They realize he's got to have a driver, and if you need a driver, you're not going to hire a handicapped person that needs adaptive equipment to drive that vehicle. But a blind person is is eligible just like you and I. Makes a lot of sense. Oh, sure does when you... When you first hear of that, that a blind person is eligible for a vehicle, oh, it doesn't sound right. But then when you put the reasoning behind it that he can have the vehicle, he's just got to hire a driver, then you can see why he can have the vehicle, but he's not eligible for adaptive equipment. Yeah, that's probably the worst I found thing a person ever I found had. something out at my dealership that I was talking with uh, actually today, uh, this morning, uh, concerning it, and he was not familiar with with the vehicle grant that I was speaking of, but he said we did one other handicap grant for the VA for a gentleman who lost his arm. And I said, well, how did that work? He said, well, he said the guy had to put in for it. He said then we actually got a PO from the federal government to make changes on the vehicle so he could drive it with one hand. He yep. said, once we got that PO, then we ordered the vehicle. They got it in, and then the gentleman, when, he, when the vehicle came in, the gentleman had to sign the PO and the other a bunch of documentation, he said, uh, and they turned that in, and then they were paid fully for the vehicle in a matter of, uh, he said, about three or four weeks. So if you have that type of a situation, uh, it seems like it comes under, probably under prosthetics or some other area that's out, that's different than the auto grant. 
from what the gentleman told me today that they had to do. But that was the first I'd heard of that, so that's something that somebody probably would need to do a little research on if that was the case. Manufacturers, major manufacturers, stock left-sided gas pedals and the parts to assemble them, uh, left-sided gear shift. Uh, that comes from the manufacturer, and like you say, it has to be ordered with it on it. They're they're really familiar with the needs of ADA and handicapped accessories, and and they have a full line available where you can just order the vehicle. They pull the parts out of stock and, and switch them out and send the vehicle. Well, that's a good deal. It is. It's, um, you know, ADA, I guess, has been around longer than than, uh, probably the automobile grant for veterans. Uh, So the the manufacturers, all of the majors, you know, you can get on their websites and you can see what they can do from the factory. That's the way I would prefer it. Uh, when I ordered, when I got mine, I needed the the class three hitch on the back of it to be able to carry my scooter. And the dealers, for some reason, they're not carrying many now with hitches. And and their reply was, well, we can put your hitch on. And my reply was, look, on a brand new fifty thousand dollar car, I don't want any of anybody under with a pocket knife cutting my light wires. Uh, I want a factory hitch with a factory cooler, uh, transmission cooler, uh, and that's what I had. They had to go to North Carolina to get it. Well, they didn't. There was two, one in North Carolina and one in Indiana. I ended up with one in Indiana. Is that the Ford Explorer? But, what is that? Uh, yeah, Ford Explorer. And okay. uh, I had to have that to get a heavy enough vehicle to carry the scooter. Uh, my wife's Honda would be doing some wheelies with that thing on the back of it. <laughs> uh, but they recommend when you when you buy one uh, with a vehicle grant that you really get a nice vehicle with a lot of extras on it because your rebate back on your adaptive equipment depends on those extras. Uh, well, you need heated, like cooled seat. It's got heated seats. Uh, mm-hmm. And man, I was I was fooling with the radio, arguing with the the voice command system the other day, and I turned them heated seats on. They like to burn me up for it to figure out where to get them turned <laughs> off. Uh, I've got them. They're pretty cool. Yeah, you know, there's another part to this that um, once you receive a scooter and, and you receive the lift, like. James is talking about now they just installed mine on one of my existing vehicles now I'm not for sure but I was reading after James and I talked last night when you change vehicles they will change the lift for you at VA cost now what they didn't tell me is if they'll trade the old one in or let me keep the old one and then just put a new one I'm going to get a a truck with a hydraulic lift so I could put my scooter in the back of the truck. Um, because of that, I'm not for sure 
know, like I said, right now, my left's only four or five days old, so I don't know if they'll trade that one in and change, or uh, that's one of the questions I have because of what I read last night. It says they'll get you a new one and they'll change it, but they didn't say what I needed to do with the old one, so that's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, you keep it. To find out. You keep you, it. You keep because it. you're getting your your adaptive grant is twice in four years. That's two vehicles. Well, so see, you can I didn't, even, that one I didn't even I didn't even use it on my first vehicle. Yeah, you you keep your lift on that vehicle, and then okay. you get adaptive equipment on the second vehicle, which would be your scooter lift. Ah, okay. <clears throat> Gerald's got one of them lifts. You got it from the Skokie. Yeah. Gerald. Yeah, but uh, it's getting where we can't get it loaded, you know. Even though it's it's all electric and and everything, it's a lot of effort to get it in the back of the truck. Uh, next vehicle we get will be a van where you can just drive up in it, or or have a automatic lift that picks you up and sets it in the van. That's what I'd recommend. Uh, we've got a lot of use out of this. Used it for, well, ever since I've had a wheelchair, about 12 years, I guess. So we've got our use out of it. They've uh, had to change the gears in it from time to time. But uh, I'd recommend... Uh, if you have one on a pickup, uh, leave it there. If you're getting a new vehicle, get something you can whip that that wheelchair up into. That, uh, because you don't want to have to be fiddling around with it. And, uh, of course, it depends on how old you are, but the older you get, the less able you are. You got to put it in the back of your truck and then walk around, get in the truck. If you ain't able to walk very far, you're in the world hurt. Yeah. Let's get some of them Sprinter Mercedes bands, Gerald, and get the three quarter ton dually with the diesel engine. That's what <laughs> I plan to get. <laughs> you can do that. You just have to put a little bit with your grant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll have to put money with the grant, but I'll have a nice vehicle. Uh, if there's one thing I would like to get out to the people interested in the, in this show is I have three 100 permanent and total awards. I have one for kidney failure, one for heart. Uh, I've got an implanted defibrillator. I've, I've had two heart attacks, so congestive heart failure. I've got one for uh, kidney failure, one for heart failure, and one for loss of use of a hand and a foot. Now, when I'm at the parking lot at Lowe's, and I walk out of the Lowe's store, you're going to see me walk out with a cane in my hand. Other than that, I'm going to look perfectly normal to you, unless you realize when I walk up to my brand-new vehicle, I open the door with my left hand, and I step high into the vehicle, 
using my brace, bending from the knee, and I have to put that I have to put that uh, foot on the brake pedal to be able to get into the vehicle. The floorboard's too low; I can't raise myself up. Yep. But the thing about it is, you wouldn't know I was disabled. You would think I was parking in that spot illegally. Because guys that have drop foot and that are eligible for this grant don't know they have drop foot. They have no idea what it is. And as far as loss of use of the right hand, if you can't touch your forefinger with your thumb, you have loss of use of that hand. If you can't pick up coins on a solid surface floor, you have loss of use. Uh, Paralyzed Veterans of America defines it that way. <clears throat> but you got to figure out what, what drop foot is. Uh, when you walk along down, up, down a hallway, <laughs> solid surface, listen to your steps. If you hear a, a step and a clunk and a step and a clunk and you're prone to your toe sticking to the floor, then you got drop foot. Yep. The next thing you do is you get it diagnosed and you find out what caused it. Is it service-connected? If it's service-connected, there's your new vehicle. That simple. But you got to get on the internet and read about drop foot, and then you, when you go to your podiatrist, uh, ask him to check it out. That's what I did. I, I carried him the regulations, and I said, "Doc, is this my problem?" And he read the the part on there about complete loss of the perineal nerve causing drop foot. He said, "Yeah, exactly." I said, "Doc." Will you write me a letter? He said, I'll do better than that. I'll get you two. And he went up to Paul, and he got another podiatrist who had examined me before, looked in his notes, and he'd already put in there that I had drop foot. Uh, from there, it's downhill, service-connected drop foot. Loss of use of hand. About the only thing you would notice if I didn't have loss of use, if, if you didn't know I had loss of use, you can see some clawing on my right hand. If I open my hand up, my hand's dying on the inside, which they told me it would. They told me to shrivel up and, and finally become nothing. Uh, other than that, you wouldn't notice anything, but I write with a special pen. I can't grip a pen to sign my name, so I have a special handicap pen. Other than that, the final straw in your hand. At the final straw in your hand, James. At the final straw, when your hand goes, it'll curl up like a claw. Yeah, a gripping it, claw. It, 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 it's it's getting some gripping claw now, but I've got a big dead spot between my little finger and, and ring finger. You know, I know it's it's dying. It's it, it's shriveling up. Uh, I'll stick it in my pocket and drive on down the road with my new car. 
about the best time. Yeah, that's do. mine. Mine's doing the same thing. My whole arm and shoulder. <clears throat> My hand's doing it too bad. Yeah, that's uh, mine's from a lot of that's all the nerves gone. More and medium side. Yeah, due to diabetic neuropathy, you know it's it's a progression. Yeah. Um, that's you you got to watch for it. You've got to watch the 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 space between your thumb and your forefinger, and compare it with your other hand, and see if it's sinking in and losing some muscle there. Oh, uh, that, that was my first first warning. Yeah. My next. Well, James, as you were edgy. saying, uh, I put in for neuropathy in my uh, both my upper, I mean both the left and right hand. Uh, when I went in, and I had no idea what was going on. When I went in for my scooter check, when they were just checking my hands to make sure that I could drive the scooter. The uh, doctor, she actually pinched the ends of my fingers, and she kept doing it. And uh, the next thing I knew, an hour later, I was in hooked up to a bunch of wires, and they were giving me electrical shocks in my hand. Uh, and they mm-hmm. have informed me that I'm starting to lose the use of my left hand. It's not to the point mm-hmm. yet. Uh, well, I, I, I do have problems picking up coins. But it's not to the point where I cannot touch my forefinger to my thumb. So I, I'm expecting probably somewhere around a, a 20 or 30 percent rating, maybe 40 there. But like you guys are talking, I, I'm assuming it's only going to get worse, and eventually, you know, it, it will go. I got my left hand, not necessarily my right, but my left hand. Well, sometimes, uh, as she described it when she looked at it, she said, see these little these little lines? She said, it looks like worms. And I said, well, yeah, it's just like a whole bunch of little bitty worms. And she said, you know, that's a sign you're losing the use of your, of your nerves. And then the next thing I know, I'm seeing him with another doctor having the, the needles sent through my my arm and uh, oh, that hurt. Get, get the reading. Yeah, well, that hurts. some of them I didn't even feel. Some I did not feel whatsoever. It's just, he said, don't you feel that? I yeah. said, no. Well, he said, you sure you don't feel that? No. Then he had another with my arm fell and almost came in the face. I said, I felt that. <laughs> yeah. And they shock you like uh, it that hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, he got it up high enough to where it hurt and the arm flew up. Like I said, I almost hit him in the face. And, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, that that's where I'm not for sure what my rating is going to be on that, but that also should be coming later on this week. And if, if the rating's high enough or whatever and I can claim loss of use, that will uh, be my second loss, and uh, I'll be able to apply then for the housing. <clears throat> Keep an There's another sign uh, that I, I, I knew it for years, but I didn't know what it was. It's when I lay down at night to go to sleep, in my pillow I hear something like a motor running. And I complained to my, my doctor that my it was my pacemaker. And he said, it's impossible. Pacemakers can't make noise. I said, well, Doc, I'm hearing it now. I'm telling you. 
uh, and couldn't find out what I was hearing. Uh, and it's still still going on. I'm hearing nerves dying. When your nerves start dying, they fire continuously. And that's yep. what you're hearing at night. You're hearing it. Now, when that nerve dies, it'll quit making noise. But then you got another one starting <clears> up. Uh, you can't tell where they're at. You can you can change positions, and and, and it'll quit for for a minute or so, but it'll start right back up. You start hearing that in your pillow at night. <laughs> you got some nerves dying somewhere. You're gonna see other signs of it before long. Well, the the muscles that nerve goes to usually start getting cramps in it too when it starts doing that. Yeah, they start cramping up. Cramp, yeah, cramps are part of it. But you can lay there and no cramps at all. You just hear something running. Oh, <clears throat> uh, and like I say, it wasn't. Like, it started not long after they put that defibrillator in that pacemaker, and I just swore down. I was hearing that pacemaker, but it ended up being I was hearing the nerves firing. And then, like I say, as they die, the feeling and the and, and whatever limb it is uh, that's affected, you'll lose the feeling. So when you start hearing the noise, you can start noticing, you know, where am I losing feeling, hand, a foot? Uh, uh, I can walk I can walk from the carpet in my living room to the tile floor in my kitchen barefooted, and I can't tell the difference between the texture nor the temperature of the floor. Yeah. And that happened over, over a period of time. I know when my left arm went and my shoulder went and my diaphragm went, I could tell when it went. Yeah. Uh, mine, mine was slow. Yeah. My diaphragm went 32,000 feet in the air on, on a cross-country flight. I thought I was going to die. That's how bad it hurt. Oh, uh, I hadn't had anything like that to happen. Uh, but, yeah. you know, neuropathy no, no, gets to be painful, very painful. It is. Um, I mean, you know, it, there's different causes of neuropathy. You can get diabetic neuropathy, James, but you can also have traumatic, traumatic neuropathy, you know, from uh, sure, injuries yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, uh, the guy that from, just, uh, guy that just ordered his new vehicle, his was caused by a jeep rollover in Germany. Uh, yeah. Paralyzed his right hand. Yep. But it, at the time of the accident. It didn't paralyze it, but it did something to it that over the over the years it's drawn up, and he's like he's he's got like a claw in now, but he's not diabetic. You know how mine first started going my left hand left hand how to how I found out how it was going. I used to fish all these bass tournaments. I started throwing these G Loomis rods in the water. I'd cast it and keep on going. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I an expensive way. I went up to see Ray a couple of months ago, and he carried me around uh, Arnold Engineering Development Center. And they got these walkways going out into the lakes and all around the lakes. And heck, I believe I believe we saw half a mile of them. And I told Ray we need to get our scooters. And I don't know about him, but I got a cane holder on mine. I'd use that for a fishing pole holder. And put me a tackle box mount on there, and we'll get out there and we'll ride around on and do a little fishing on those on those things. Well, I'm about ready to do that. Uh, matter of fact, the gentleman showed me 
how to take a little piece of PVC pipe and and uh, uh, put a cap on the lower end of it, and um, you could turn your your seat sideways and throw your rod out, throw the bait out, and then stick your rod down in that little PVC pipe and sit there and fish. Now, how about yeah, that? Where do you put your stringer, though? Where do you put your well, stringer? Well, he, he didn't say anything about the stringer. What makes you think we're going to catch anything? Eh? <laughs> Dude, now, wait a minute. You can get you a cooler. <laughs> no, get you a cooler attached to the back of it. You got a battery, ain't you? Yeah. You got yeah. a deep sample battery. Put your live back up on a cooler attached to the back and have you a live well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get you figured out. We'll get that thing decked out. Well, I tell you what we could do. We don't need to do it on the back. We'll we'll undo that light up in the front, and then where the basket foot sits on, we'll put a cooler there, and then take those wires out of the light and hook that into the pump. Now, now we got it made. Well, you know, you forget that you you you've used. I've used my right hand. I'm right-handed. I've used it all my life, and you forget. Oh, and you even forget you don't have any feeling in it anymore, especially when, you, when you're when out having fun and not thinking about it. And I carried my granddaughter's fishing. I bought them new fishing poles. And carried them. I got a little lake down here, cut them down to the lake, and they didn't know how to cast them out. They'd never fished before, so I cast it out. And I had it in my right hand through the whole pole and everything in the water. <laughs> Is it great? How you do it? <laughs> I'll have to watch that. <clears throat> got to have a safety yeah, chain on the fishing pole. Yeah. Well, they got safety straps for your wrist. You can put on one. Yeah. Just wrap it around your wrist. But, uh, that's an expensive lesson, but you know, it taught me a lot. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, the, uh, to all those veterans out there, that if you feel like James talking about your foot dragging, or or I've heard, uh, I remember my granddad said, oh, the guy can't walk anymore, he trips over his own feet. You know, that guy probably had drop foot. My granddad didn't so. know what drop foot was, yeah. but I bet that guy had drop foot for whatever reason. And uh, that's kind of the way I feel sometimes when I walk down my hallway uh, I kind of trip, and uh, especially when I'm barefooted or not wearing the brace, and, and I trip and kind of bounce off the wall. Or I start down the uh, steps going down to my man cave, and I think I'm picking my foot up to go down to the next step, but it doesn't, and, and you trip over it. So for those veterans that are out there that have diabetes and things that if you're noticing you've been doing that recently, and it, not, it doesn't happen every time or all the time, but if it happens, uh, you know, fairly frequently and seems to be getting worse, you need to go in and have it be checked out. Make sure that, that, you know, see if you do have that drop foot. And if it is, then start getting your records and start getting your things together because, you know, I, this is the first time in my whole life that anybody's going to give me $20,000 to buy a vehicle or give me $20,000 to buy anything. So uh, if you have it, find out, make sure what it is, get your braces, and proceed accordingly. That's really important, and you got to stay after it. you got to stay on top of it, and you've got to get your evidence and get your proof. And it doesn't hurt 
to have other doctors that are outside the VA their opinion. You know, I have the, the surgeon charged me the most. He charged me ninety dollars for a doctor's visit and to write me a letter. And the other doctor charged me my just a, a general practitioner doctor charged me seventy five for the office visit and writing me a letter. And that's going to probably be some of the best money I've ever spent. Another symptom, you don't notice it. Somebody has to call your attention to it, or you've got to know to look for it. When you mash on your gas pedal, you can do 120. The problem is getting off of that gas pedal because you can't lift the front of your foot. To come off of the gas pedal, you have to raise your whole leg at the hip to get off of that gas pedal, where normally you should be able to just, with your ankle, pull your foot back off of the gas pedal. When you've got drop foot, that's impossible. You can't do that. you got to lift your whole leg to get off that gas pedal. Yeah, a few months ago. I never, I I never knew that until somebody told me. Uh, we were driving down the road several times, and there would be vehicles in front of us, and they would be slowing up or stopping or getting ready to make a turn, and I'd keep going, and, and my wife would say, slow down. I thought, well, I am. I'm lifting my foot off the accelerator, but I really wasn't. I was, you know, mentally, I was telling my foot to pull up, but it wouldn't pull up. And so finally, like James saying, I've learned that when I want to stop, I have to lift my whole foot up off of the off the gas pedal, not just pull it back, but lift it all the way up and then apply the brake. I used to could leave my heel on the floor and just kind of raise and pivot to go on the brake and raise and pivot to give it a little gas. Can't do that anymore. I've got to, to come off of that gas or come off of that brake, I have to actually lift at the hip. But you don't, it, it's, it's insidious. You don't know it until somebody calls your attention to it. And then you say, oh, well, yeah, I'm having to do the same thing. Well, you're riding that around in a brand-new vehicle. You just hadn't got it yet. <laughs> so far, we've figured out that we've... Uh... We're going to get uh, some of these veterans now, if if they qualify, they can get up to 20000 on a vehicle, plus on uh, uh, adapted, adaptive equipment, they can get, uh, what is that, 2500 every every uh, maximum years? Maximum of 3000 on a real nice car, your rebate would be about 3000 uh, plus any any uh, modifications that need to be made so you can drive that vehicle. Yeah. Uh, well, that's pretty good. I mean, you know, uh, I tell you what, uh, and it's not a requirement you buy a brand new vehicle, is it, James? No, you can buy uh, any vehicle, but keep in mind that the VA is only going to pay the seller. He won't, they won't pay you. You can buy a used from, I, I would imagine you could buy from an individual, I'm not sure. But I know you could buy from, say, CarMax or, or one of the rental companies or 
you know, it's got to be a real legit company. Uh, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, because uh, some people may not want the extra monthly payment. Uh, you know, it depends. Everybody's got a different financial situation. Um, but if you're in a position to get a new, really nice vehicle, I would certainly recommend doing it. Uh, uh, it, it would be worth and I don't know, I imagine there is a, uh, you probably uh, require me to keep that vehicle so many years, isn't there? No. Oh, there's I could no have bought, requirement. I could have bought my one day and sold it the next, but it's a once-in-a-lifetime deal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know any disabled veteran that would want to do that. <laughs> They'd want to keep that doggone thing. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you 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 think about when you go in there and buy it. Just as soon as you drop it off the drive it off the lot, you're losing a lot in value. Oh, you bet. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and with this available once in a lifetime, uh, you know, you can burn it if you want to, but it's the only one you're gonna burn. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know when I order mine or get mine. If I can ever get there, uh, if the VA will ever see their way, way clear of doing the right thing, uh, I'm going to have a, a bed put in it and a, a little stove uh, and even an ice box, maybe even a porta potty, you know. So that way, if you take a trip, you can. Yeah, it'd be more convenient just to cut your hole in the floor. Well, yeah, I thought of that too, James, but that's be a my luck. <laughs> that'd be my luck. Uh, some highway patrol would be behind, <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't like what it is, wouldn't he? <laughs> just, just tell him it's your adaptive equipment, in case you don't make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you ain't cut that hole in there for me. <laughs> Ask him if got any toilet paper, <laughs> but that ticket ain't big enough. <laughs> you, got, you got your toilet paper hanger mounted on the dash. <laughs> I just I just tell him you do what you're going to do with that ticket he just gave you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I blame it on the car ahead of me. <laughs> Tell him not to worry about it. You got another diaper with you. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need. <laughs> I wonder if that toilet paper roller is a damn to equipment. <laughs> Get warmed up here. 
<laughs> you know all that we really needed in here? A little bit of ass nod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, he'll, he'll get you going now. Uh, love that guy. Um, well, we are out of time here, James. I appreciate you and Ray coming on. Uh, you gave out some really good information because uh, we have veterans that fit into this category. So many veterans do have neuropathy and uh, diabetes. So uh, I, I hope they was tuned in and and uh, learned something. So we appreciate y'all coming on. Hope to get you back on again too, real soon. Well, thanks for that. having us. We can do it. So this will be Gerald Cook with the Had It podcast. We'll be signing off now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basher Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.